0: This week's uh, Bible study uh, in the series called Living Free of Anxiousness is about dealing with worry, overcoming worry in our life. So when we talk about worry, uh, we're talking about something that affects all of us. So the Lord has wisdom for us to know how to overcome this worry. So let's begin with some prayer. We turn to the Lord. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we come into your presence today. We just open our hearts widely to the wisdom you have for us, for your wisdom, helps us live well before you and before others. And Lord, we know that anxiousness and worry are part of all of our lives, and particularly the times we live in, it's become more of a challenge for us. So we pray, Lord, that uh, we may open our hearts widely to your word. We may find in your word the source of comfort, wisdom, consolation, and empowerment that we need for these times. And We pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So we'll be looking at our scripture passage today from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. So let's read that first uh, from Matthew's gospel. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Of which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. And I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, that the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. So this is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter six. It's part of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus's teaching and blueprint for happiness in this life. And obviously, one of the key things that steals our happiness is anxiety and worry. Uh, These are two pressures and forces that come into our life that, that take away the joy and the peace of living a fulfilled life. Jesus, very much aware of his disciples, uh, that they would be distracted from the main things that matter in life, uh, spoke to the issue of, in the Sermon on Mount, on the issue of worry. So let's take a look at it. First, he says, uh, "He says, do not be anxious about your life. Uh, the word anxious is, well, we can also tie into the word their worry. Um, it means to be divided into parts. Uh, it means uh, it's that your concerns are unreasonable, meaning that They are taking away from the main focus of your life. Uh, Fear can be easily attached to this. We'll be looking at fear in another session uh, in this series, but uh, certainly fear can be part of that. We can be distracted from substantial issues of our life. Uh, Jesus talks about that. uh, What you shall eat or what you shall drink or your body, which you shall put on, is life not more than food or the body or more than clothing. So, You will see in a moment, Jesus doesn't downplay these very basic fundamental material needs, but he's saying that a preoccupation with them will take away from what what he'll say later on in this chapter is the main focus, which is seeking first the kingdom of God. Also, we'll see it takes away from what Jesus' solution to us and for us is to trust in his Heavenly Father. First thing it would say about worry or anxiousness is Jesus points out in verse 26. He said, look, look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Then he goes, say, are you not more valued than they? Well, God's creation doesn't worry. That was the whole point of what Jesus is saying. The birds of the air do not worry. Um, yet here you are, uh, made in the image and likeness of God. You're the apple of his eye. You're the crown of creation. And yet you and I worry. Um, then he goes on to say basically with that is that by worrying it's almost like we're saying we're outside of the father's care for us when he cares for the birds of the air yet he's saying we're much more of value than the birds of the air verse 27 says which of you by being anxious can add one cubit to his lifespan in other words what can you do to improve your lifespan what can you do to improve the situation by worrying and being anxious and he says, consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. Yet Solomon all his glory was not clothed like one of them. Uh, again, and he points out, uh, the idea is that aren't you much more valued than the lilies of the field with all their beauty? Yet they don't, they don't worry. So why are you worrying? Um, and yet God clothed the grass of the field, he says. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will you not much more clothe you? In other words, if he's going to care for something so uh, small as the lilies of the field, wouldn't he care for something, someone so much more important than that? That means you or me. So in other words, he's saying worry is unhelpful. Uh, it doesn't produce anything worthwhile. And he goes on to say, too, it's unnecessary. He says, uh, he, he says, God provides for his own and promises to take care of his own. So it's so worry is unnecessary. So we find worry is unnatural for us. We weren't wired to worry. Uh, the birds don't worry. So why should we? We're not worry, wired to worry. And when we do, we have all kinds of problems. We have physical, mental, emotional, spiritual uh, issues that come into our life. Worry is unhelpful because it doesn't produce anything worthwhile. It's unnecessary because God provides for his own. If He can provide for the birds of the field and the lilies he can provide for you. And it's... Uh, then we say also that it's unbelieving. Look like what Jesus says at the very end of verse 30. Oh, you little faith. Little faith here means a faith that lacks confidence and significant trust in His Father. So uh, basically, it's unbelieving, it's lacking of confidence. It's kind of acting as if God doesn't really care or He doesn't even exist. Um, then Jesus goes on to say um, the Gentiles do all these things. They seek what to drink, to eat, and they're anxious about these things, but your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So in other words, your Father in Heaven knows your needs and wants to provide for you in this situation. So then what did Jesus say is the solution? Well, he's implying solution here in in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 5. He's showing here the solution is to see a Father who knows what you have need of, who who cares And because you're worth more value than the birds of the air or the lilies of the field, no matter how beautiful they are, you're worth much more value. And the the measure of our worth really is the measure of of the cross. There we see the sacrifice of the Son of God. Jesus did not die for birds of the air or for lilies of the field. He came and died for human beings. He came and died for you and me. He shed his blood in a sacrifice of love. Poured out his life in a passion of love for you and for me. That's the value and the worth that we are to him. So then Jesus says, "But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well." So, in other words, to seek first his kingdom means to trust him, have confidence in him, to turn to him, and to ask him what we have need of, and then to be uh, to to have confidence in him. You know, if a good friend comes up to you and says, uh, you ask a good friend, would you please take care of this for me? Uh, because of your friendship, because of the history that you have together as friends, you're confident in your friend's reliability, trustworthiness, faithfulness, love for you, and you for, for your friend. You th- have confidence your friend would take care of this because of the relationship we have. Well, Jesus speaks about our relationship to the Father and to him in the context of what's called a covenant. A covenant is a bond uh, between one person and another. It was particularly uh, in the ancient world, it was particularly strong. Today, our culture thinks of contracts, but contracts are based on services done. So I can sign a contract with you, and you um, want me to do certain things for you. And once I fulfill that, I get the, the result of that contract, which is some kind of money exchange. But the relationship basically is over with. The covenant is not like that. Covenant is a binding of two people uh, to one another for a lifetime. Uh, And uh, so that in the ancient world, that if uh, your enemies become my enemies, my blessings become your blessings. So the Lord has formed a covenant with us. Uh, That covenant began with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the Old Testament, but is fulfilled now in Jesus Christ. That covenant is what we celebrate at the Eucharistic table every day. Um, The binding of God to his people. Even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. But he binds himself to us to protect us, to provide, to heal, to deliver, to guide, to correct, to chastise at times. On our part, we're to trust him, obey him, love him, and be faithful to his purposes for our life. So Jesus speaks about his disciples' relationship to his Father in the context of a covenant. To so seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. So what's left out in all these things? What's left out? There's nothing left out. That's the whole point of it. Nothing is left out. So so what? how do we access this for our life? Um, how do we live free of worry? A couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, First of all, it's really important that we immerse our hearts and minds in the scriptures, particularly the promises the Lord gives to us in the scriptures. I think of like Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, uh, St. Paul writing to the Christians of Philippi saying, My God shall supply for all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's a wonderful promise that we can reflect on and meditate upon and even speak with our lips, speak it out loud because it leaves a greater impression upon our hearts and minds, particularly when we face needs in our life. Or Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Because the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not lack for anything. Or what we just heard, Matthew 6, verse 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours. So, reflecting on God's word, meditating on God's word, immersing our hearts and minds in the scriptures is a key way that we are able to grow in faith, grow in trust, grow in confidence in the Lord. So secondly, hearing stories uh, in others' lives of how God has acted, both in the past as well as in the present. We can look to the saints, for example, as a place where the saints trusted uh, and learned to trust in the Lord. We can grow in confidence. We We may hear stories of people in our own life, both past and present, who have, where we've seen God provide for them, even in the midst of difficult, challenging circumstances, but they've shown trust and confidence in Him. Third thing we can do is we can declare the promises of God. Our speech influences our mind's thoughts. So by speaking out loud the promises of God, like Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I trust Him. He's my shepherd. Um, Lord, I thank you that you're my shepherd. Or uh, Philippians 4, verse 19, my God shall supply for all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for providing for all my need. Here are those needs I have. And we ask him for what they are, but then we say, thank you, Lord, for providing that. And a fourth way is recalling your life when God acted and intervened and provided for you. Do you think he would only do this once? Of course not. He wants to do this over and over again for us as we turn to him, as Jesus says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things. So, in summary then, remember this. You and I aren't wired to worry. We're wired to trust our Creator who made us in love and redeemed us in mercy. Remember that you're worth more than the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. How you can tell that? By just looking at a crucifix and you see the sacrifice of Jesus there for you. Look how much you're loved. And then, thirdly, thanksgiving and praise to our Heavenly Father builds our faith and trust in Him. We thank the Father. Thank Him for his provision for whatever his needs are in our life. So let's pray. So Lord, we turn to you in this time and we uh, thank you that you are our creator who made us in love, but you're also our redeemer who redeemed us in mercy, sending us your son, Jesus, who died on the cross and was raised up for the dead for us. So Father, for all all of us who are faced with anxiety and worry, particularly in this time of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, Uh, that is threatening so many lives, threatening the economy, even killing lives, and is threatening uh, such a hardship for so many families. Lord, help us to look to you as being our provider, our shepherd. There's nothing we shall want. As we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness in our life, then you will provide for everything we have need of. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.